BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about the final Yahoo rankings adjustment and who's rising, who's falling. Is there still value in your drafts? Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at NBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Today we are going to be going over the uh, final, very late uh, adjustments by Yahoo in their X ranks um, in the last weekend before the season starts, when everyone's just about to start doing their uh, drafts, um, Yahoo goes and updates their rankings. Uh, I thought that there might have been a rankings change, but I thought it might have come out last week. Um, but it looks like they've left it to the very last minute. So um, again, over on ballboysnba.com, the season draft guide has been adjusted. All of these ranks are now being reflected over on the draft guide, as well as all of my final adjustments after the um, preseason. So everything that has happened has been reflected in my rankings. I've had a few guys drop off completely, some new guys added in, and some guys have moved uh, pretty somewhat significantly up and down, depending on a lot of position battles and things like that. But a lot of the guys that I sort of had um, that have nothing's really changed have kind of stayed in the same position. Um, so check out that for just 10 bucks. That'll set you up for the entire season. Remember, if you sign up, please do not cancel the subscription. Once you cancel it, you won't be able to see the draft guide again. Um, it will automatically cancel at the end of the season. So once you do the first 10 bucks, you're set for the whole year and there will be a cancel. I'll I'll cancel all subscriptions at the end of the season so you won't be charged again. Um, So let's get into these Yahoo rank changes. 
We've got some notable risers and fallers. Um, we'll go through them. A lot of them, you know, like it, it, it reflects much more closely to the rankings that I've got, uh, that I've seen over on other sites and other analysts. So, look, there is a bit of a change in the value in a lot of players if you are drafting in uh, fantasy drafts late and you're going up against people who maybe haven't been, you know, as tuned in to everything that we've been talking about. It's caught them up a lot if they will be using those ranks a lot more um, religiously. So I think this does better reflect where people should be going in uh, fantasy drafts for the most part. However, there are still several players that are... Uh, overranked or underranked. I won't be getting into every single person who I still think that is value, but you can definitely still check out the ballboysmba.com draft guide rankings and compare my rankings with the Yahoo rankings and see where there is value to be had. But we'll go through a lot of them now. I've got 25 names that I'm going to get through today. So let's talk about the notable risers first. So the, the people who have seen their rankings improve, starting with the first guy here, uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander goes from rank 58 to 47. Very close to about where I have him uh, before, I think at round 50, uh, sorry, at rank 58, I think it was far too low, especially. It looks like he's not going to miss that much time. He might even be ready for the start of the season. Uh, so I think Shea is someone, obviously people are scared off with the shutdown risk, but I am definitely happy taking him in the 40s. Uh, assuming I don't have too many other risky guys on my team, you know, I don't really want to be pairing Shea with uh, a team like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then Jimmy Butler in the first three rounds, but... If I've got a somewhat safe team up until that point, I think Shea is an excellent punt and could easily be a top 20 guy this season. So especially if your leagues are finishing in March and don't go into April, Shea I think is good uh, at that spot. The next guy here, Devin Vassell, has, uh, you know, he's been my guy. I've drafted him at a lot of places. I've been pumping him out as a good sleeper. Well, that is that value apparently is now gone. If people are going to be drafting him at that spot, he's gone from rank 86 on Yahoo, which was, in my opinion, far too low, shooting all the way up to rank 57. It's pretty close to where I have him. Um, you know, I don't want to be drafting him higher than this. I think this is about where he should be going. Um, there is still a little bit of upside, but there is also downside at this point. So I, I don't want to be pushing earlier than this. So unfortunately, if you guys are watching the rankings and drafting against guys, he's no longer really a sleeper in Yahoo drafts anymore if people are going to be going off these rankings because, yeah, at 57, that about caps up his uh, uh, caps out his value. There is a tiny still bit of upside, so I don't mind drafting him here if you do need what he brings, but I don't think I'd be reaching any any higher than this. So Devin Vassell, unfortunately, is no longer a sleeper in Yahoo drafts. The next guy that has moved up uh, over 10 spots here is Clay Thompson, funnily enough, at from 69 up to 59. Very interesting because I actually think that he should probably go the other way. So I think Clay Thompson is turning into a bust candidate now. So if I'm drafting Clay in the top 60, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm probably most likely wanting to draft him in the uh, late 70s, early 80s is about where I want to get him. And only if I really need the points and uh, the threes, because he's not going to provide much in the way of steals and blocks. Uh, the rebounds and assists are pretty average. The percentages are pretty decent. He's just a guy 
that I don't think is going to be super valuable this season. There's going to be a lot of rests, I think, coming this year, especially you know on the back-to-backs with the, the Warriors coming off a championship run. He's still coming off two very serious injuries in an ACL and an Achilles back-to-back. So I still think they'll be uh, cautious with him. And when you've got a player like Jordan Poole as a backup guy that can you know play bigger minutes and they're not going to lose too much, I think they will do that. So Clay Thompson, to me, at rank 59 now, is uh, a bit of a bust candidate in my eyes. At number four here, the fourth guy, again, another one that really reflects what my thoughts are. Jamal Murray has gone from, I mean, he, it's ridiculous that he was ranked 111, but he's moved all the way up to rank 65. Again, I previously had him as a bit of a sleeper. I don't think that that is the case now. This is about right. I might be even willing to go a little bit earlier, but again, the injury news about what happened to him in that preseason game is still a little bit unclear. I don't know how much they're going to um, uh, nurse him in the start of the season. I'm a little bit more cautious than I was before the injury. It's still around the right spot for me, but again, to me, he's no longer a bit of a sleeper. Again, I don't think it's too high. I think by all means, it's, it's a perfect good spot to have him, but yeah, no longer a sleeper that he was in 111 when people really were panicking about his return from the ACL. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, Jamal Murray crossed that, another one off the sleeper list. So that's, uh, what's that, two guys, or three guys that I had, three out of the top four that I had in my sleepers have increased in ranks. And uh, the next one here... Julius Randle. Julius Randle has moved around these rankings so much, probably more than anyone in these uh, lists so far. I think originally he was ranked in the 60s, then he went to the 100s, and now he's back into the 60s. So um, I had him as a bust, then I had him as a sleeper, and now I've got him back as a bust. Um, It's 69, so I think it's a little bit further back than his original. I think he was like 61 or 2 originally with the first Yahoo rankings, but at 69, I still think it's a bit too high. If you're punting field goal percentage and turnovers, then it's not super. It's not a disaster. I think it's fine, but I still think that you're going to be suffering the lack of block steals and free throw percentage is going to be poor as well. So the good points, rebounds, and assists are okay. There's also a bit of a risk that just RJ and uh, Brunson just take over a bit more of that usage from him. And usage is the name of the game for Julius Randle. There's a lot of talk about Knicks fans and, and people not being happy with Julius Randle. So there is a, still a little bit of downside here at 69. So it's a bit earlier than I would want to get him. I'm hoping to get him sort of in the 80s, I would say. Maybe that's a bit optimistic, but uh, so potentially I just won't have him on many of my teams. And I don't have him on any of my teams so far this year in fantasy basketball. So he is down to 69. And here we go. Here's another one. Number, what is that? Number four in terms of the sleepers moving up in rankings. This is the big one. Uh, Jabari Smith going from 137, where I had him as my number one sleeper target for the year. He has come down now to 73 overall in uh, Yahoo's rankings. I still think there's a little bit of value, although I'd be wanting to get him around this spot. Um, It's about where I was hoping to draft him. I've got him in a couple of leagues, but a couple of them, uh, he is getting drafted before me because I think people uh, are hearing myself and other analysts pump him up. So, he, he is a guy that sometimes, you know, depending on your league, I've seen people say they draft him outside the 100. I don't think that's going to be able to happen anymore, unfortunately. So well done if you managed to snag him out there when his ranking was ridiculous. But now it's not going to happen anymore. In fact, I believe he is now the highest ranked rookie. They've moved him ahead of Paolo and ahead of Keegan Murray as well. Um, 
which is very interesting because I think the popular opinion out there is still that Parlo is the number one rookie in fantasy this year. I've always been the one saying that uh, Jabari Smith, I think, is the number one rookie in fantasy this year. But I think now... I don't know, call a coincidence, I don't know, maybe uh, Yahoo, are you listening to this podcast? I don't know, but um, he is now the number one ranked rookie in fantasy, and uh, by a decent way, by at least a round on both the other two rookies ranked inside the top 100. So, uh, unfortunately, Jabari Smith's uh, value seems to have evaporated if people are going off these rankings. Um, the next guy, again, this will make it, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, Sleepers on the board now. Uh, Jalen Smith has gone from 142 to 82. Um, again, it's actually probably a little, little higher than I have him. Especially, I've actually just dropped Jalen Smith just a tiny bit on my rankings. He hasn't looked the best in preseason. There is a risk that he just isn't that good. We've only seen him be a starter or, or play starters minutes for maybe two months of the season after he was traded to Indiana. So it's a very small sample size to be just projecting and locking in. The reason I still have him sort of in my top 90, top 100, is there's no one really behind him to threaten his minutes, but there is a risk with Jalen Smith. So 82 is about as high as I want to go with Jalen Smith. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad spot, but it is approaching the ceiling on. I wouldn't want to go much earlier than um, than this on Jalen Smith. But again, the ridiculous rank of 142 that he was at previously, unfortunately, that value is now gone. Uh, so pour one out for those uh, two Smiths that were getting drafted outside the hundreds in uh, previous week's drafts. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen anymore, guys, if you're over on Yahoo. Um, Keegan Murray has moved up 14 spots from 99 up to 85. He is now the second highest ranked rookie, just edging past Paolo Moncara. We'll touch on him a bit later, but Keegan Murray seems to be gaining some hype for some reason. I mean, he's been coming off the bench in the preseason, so I'm not really sure why they've moved him up here. Um, he hasn't really changed at all on my rankings. I still think he's a guy that you take just inside the top 100. So at 85, it's a little bit earlier than I would want to do it, especially because of the fact that he is still coming off the bench. I don't imagine that will last very long, but it might. Kings Kings do weird stuff sometimes. So you, you can't always count that out, uh, the Kings doing something stupid. So... Yeah, I don't know. 85 is a bit too early for me, but again, it's not disastrous. I've seen other analysts get really excited about him and think he's going to be a top 50 guy. Uh, the, the possibility of that is there, I guess, because he does ha- he did show good defensive stats in college. I'm, I'm less confident with that transferring over than I am with someone like Jabari Smith. Um, just based on the eye test, his age, the role he's going to play on this team, um, the pace at which this team is going to be playing, um, I just don't think that the defensive stats are as likely to transfer over, but it could. So there is still upside here at 85, but I think there is also some downside. So I'd prefer to get him closer to 100 than this. All right, here comes number six from the sleepers, guys. So six out of the 10 sleepers so far, and we're only nine players in. So um, I guess Yahoo's been listening to the podcast, but uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has gone from 105 to 94, so up 11 spots. I still think there is... Heaps of value here. So here is a guy that I had as a sleeper, and I still think he's a sleeper, especially if you are punting the free throw percentage. You don't care as much about turnovers. I think that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have a great year. He's looked good in summer league. Um, 
you know, they've, they've bumped up uh, Jalen Smith. I didn't include him on this. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, Jalen Green, I should say. They've bumped up Jalen Green as well, his teammate, which I haven't included on this list. It wasn't by as much. But I think Kevin Porter Jr. is also someone that is uh, still being a little bit slept on. At 94, I still think you've got about 30 spots of value. You've probably got 40 or 50 spots of value if you're punting free throw percentage. So he is still definitely someone who's on my radar as a sleeper. So here is here's the first guy that was on my sleeper list that is still there uh, after these rankings adjustments. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., I still really do like. I'm not... I know some people have sort of said before that his percentages murder you and he's on their never again list, but... I don't think it's going to be... It's not going to be good. I don't think he's going to turn around and suddenly be this 50 and 80% guy, but it's not going to be the point where it's actually going to destroy your team like a Russell Westbrook kind of level. I think it's still going to be at a spot where it is manageable. I think he got it up close to 44% from the field last year. The turnovers went down to like two or just... Sorry, under three um, at the end of last season. Free throw percentage will get up close to about 70%. That's probably still going to be as big as a negative, but it is all still manageable. I think ideally he's in a punt free throw team, so you put him on that Luca build. Um, but outside of that, I still think that there is good value in Kevin Porter Jr. The next guy here that has seen a fairly big ranking change is Jaron Jackson Jr., who was very weirdly enough uh, ranked at 147 before this adjustment. He's now moved into 103. So, yeah, very close to where I have him ranked. I think that. While ideally you're going to want to get him, you know, as your you know final starting roster spot or on the bench if you could, um, that's not often going to be the case because people do, um, you know, want those guys who have that top fifty, top forty upside. He's someone who fits that punt field goal percentage build so perfectly. Um, he has the potential to be back in just a month. Um, obviously, Memphis are very cryptic with their their timelines, and and it's very hard to trust them when they you know give off injury news. So he is still someone that I'm cautious of drafting, but if I've drafted fairly safe up until this point, I am happy to take a swing around this spot if it suits what you do. And in fact, I think I drafted him in the uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball at 101. I was very much needing a center for that build, so it was higher than I wanted to go. So, But I still think in some circumstances, it is okay to draft him around this spot. RJ Barrett, weirdly enough, has seen a ranking rise from 123 to 107. I don't know, maybe this is a points league influence, but there's nothing that's changed for RJ Barrett. He's still going to be the same guy, I think. Uh, in fact, I think he might have potential to be worse because of Brunson's addition to the team this year. So um, I think it's too high for me. His points are nice, but there's a lot of negatives that come along with his game. So again, not someone I think I will have on my fantasy roster much. Cam Johnson has moved from 136 to 108. Um, Maybe this is a delayed reaction to the uh, Jay Crowder news. I think he can even go slightly higher than this. I think he's easily a top 100 guy. Uh, He's going to be an efficient uh, source of threes, decent enough rebounds. Uh, The points will be okay. He might get you a steal per game, low turnovers. So very Roto-friendly player. So in a Roto setting, you could probably get him, and and he might give you top 80 numbers. He he suits certain builds, those punt block builds um, in something like a head-to-head league. So I think there's still room for you to take him slightly earlier than this, but sometimes I do get him in the hundreds quite often. So he is someone that can be found around this spot, and I think there's still decent value there. Maybe not 136 ranking level of value, but at 108, I still think there's a little bit there to extract. 
Um, the next guy again here is another one just like, um, who was it, Julius Randle before, that has been moving all over the place with Yahoo's ranking. So Isaiah Jackson, originally I think was like 170. He went all the way up to 85. He went back to 154. And now he's back in at 116, which is about where, again, where I have him very close. Around that 110 spot, I think, is fine. Especially if you're punting the threes or you're punting points, Isaiah Jackson can be valuable to start the season in a bench roll on his own. If Miles Turner or when Miles Turner is traded, he is going to absolutely blow up. It's just a matter of can you hold this guy for three to four months of the season? Um, if the answer is no, then maybe you don't bother drafting him this high and you wait till he's like a bench option potentially. But a lot of the times he is going before that as sort of like that last guy on your starting roster. So I think it's fine. He's still going to provide good field goal percentage blocks and rebounds as a bench guy. Um, outside of that, there's not a whole lot else. You know, the, the assists, threes, points, uh, even steals aren't really very high. Uh, the free throw percentage is not the best. So he fits certain builds. Um, He does definitely have a super high upside, but again, you're going to have to be patient. Very similar story with this next guy here. He's the hype guy. I'm surprised it wasn't further, but Tari Eason has gone from rank 175 to 149. I still think there's a little bit of value. I think that obviously don't get too carried away and draft him in your starting roster spot, but if, if on the bench... I'm happy to take him sort of in the 120s, 130s. I think that he's probably got the highest upside of anyone ranked outside the top 120. He's just a per-minute beast. I think he's going to start the season on the bench. They're going to start Eric Gordon. Uh, But as soon as Eric Gordon either gets traded or he gets shut down or bought out, I think you're going to see Eason completely blow up and post top 80 numbers. And he could definitely be someone that, and and maybe even higher, um, he could be someone that really makes a big difference in your fantasy playoffs. But again, you have to be willing to hold him on your bench and he might not be providing you top 150 numbers for the first three months of the season just because those minutes are going to be hard to find. If if he forces himself into a 24-minute-a-night role, he might be someone like an Isaiah Jackson who can provide you value even in that role. Uh, but again, a little bit more uncertain with him than I am with Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson because we've seen it with Ajax. We haven't yet seen it with Tari Eason. He was playing really, really well. The last game he played, he actually put up a bit of a stinker. So remember, not all of his games in the preseasons were 20 and 10, 2 and 2, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Um, he did have a game, I think it was like, he put up like 9 points, 5 rebounds and a steal. Um, and even in that game, Jabari Smith hasn't played. He hasn't played since um, the, his first game. And in that first game, there, there was no just Sean Tate or Eric Gordon. So he hasn't played a game yet with the full rotation in that front court. So I am just cautious of people getting too excited about Tari, but I've talked about him plenty this off-season or preseason. And then the last guy who's had a significant rise, Kelly Olynyk, has gone from 219, which surprised me that he was that low before, um, up to 159. I still think there's a lot of room, a lot of value there. Um, so again, he's probably a, still a bit of a sleeper. I know that on fan tracks, he's getting drafted a lot higher than this. A lot of drafts that I do, he's getting drafted a lot higher than this. So... Again, though, if you are in a league that does base a lot of their draft spots around these rankings, I think that Kelly Olenek is someone you can draft inside the top 120 and um, you know have as one of your starters, especially if you're in a punt field goal percentage team and you need a center-eligible player. He's going to be a good guy to give you some assists, steals, and threes and good free throw percentage. So really valuable on that type of a build. So I do still think there's a, pl- uh, a bit of value on Kelly Olenek. 
All right, that does it for the notable risers. Let's go on to the fallers. Now, before we get stuck into this, I just want to make a note and make an observation here that a lot, a vast majority of these fallers are big men. A lot of them are centers, and I find that very, very interesting. We've talked a lot about centers and big men being hard to find this season, and for that reason, maybe boosting them up your boards a little bit more just by the nature of their scarcity. And it's interesting that Yahoo has done the complete opposite and dropped them down their board for a lot of them. Now, I think that a lot of them maybe were ranked a bit too high to begin with. And um, this is these rankings are probably a little bit more in line in terms of their nine category value. But it is interesting that they've done that, done it that way. And, and some of them are different. Some of them I disagree with, but we'll go through them now. But you will notice when I name 20 of these guys that maybe like 15 of them are centers. So yeah, very, very interesting that they seem to be the ones that drop as these other guys are coming up. So starting off with the first one here, DeAndre Ayton has gone from the 35th ranked player to the 46th. So he's moved down a round. I think that's about where I would want to draft him. 35 to me seemed too high. He's not a guy that's going to give you steals. I don't know if his blocks are going to be there. The assists are low. It's just pretty boring. He's pretty pretty stock standard. Maybe he is a bit upside if he does get traded. But at this stage, I don't think you can bank on that. So I think that's fine. Um, before he was maybe a bit too high, now he's about right. Jarrett Allen, again, moved back to about a round or just under a round from rank 40 to 49. Pretty sure that's about where I've got him drafted or ranked on the, uh, the draft guide. So again, I don't know, coincidence, I'm not sure. But again, uh, I shouldn't get too full of myself. I doubt that Yahoo's actually looking at my website. And uh, the next guy here, Yusuf, uh, sorry, Jonas Valanciunas going from 52 to 61. Um, yeah, I've dropped Valanciunas down my rankings as well. I am worried about the minutes there. I think 61, even there, I'm a little bit nervous. But again, it's the center push that makes him, I think, okay at this spot. He still will be decent in limited minutes. Um, just the fact that Trey Young, sorry, Trey Murphy, I should say, is um, looking so good in the preseason. I think that's going to just give them a bit more confidence to play those smaller ball lineups, which I think will come at the detriment to Jonas Valanciunas with um, Zion playing more center minutes. So 61, I think it's okay. 52 before I had him as a bust, he was on the bust video. I think 61 is better. It's, it, I wouldn't necessarily call him a bust at this stage, but there is still scope for him to um, not reach this value. Uh, the only reason that I myself have him at ra- around this spot, and I think I do have him a little bit lower than this, is because of that center scarcity. Uh, and uh, again, it's, it's just hard to find those decent centers, especially ones that give you good free throw percentage as well, which we know that Jonas Valanciunas can do. So I think... Again, it's okay, but there is still scope for him to uh, not return this. Yusuf Nurkic has dropped 20 spots from the 63rd ranked player to the 83rd ranked player. I think this is, again, much better position for him. There's a lot of um, news that I'm hearing now that Yusuf Nurkic is coming into um, camp out of shape. He did something very similar a couple of seasons ago and was very disappointing for the first half of that season. So it makes me a little bit nervous with Nurkic. I think there are other better big guys that I'm happy to draft ahead of him. At 83, again, it's about where I'd want to target him. But yeah, still, it makes me nervous with the centers that... He's someone that could maybe not reach this mark. Maybe the Portland Trailblazers play a bit smaller, especially while he's getting himself into shape. Do the blocks actually come back up? We don't know. Um, yeah, if you're punting free throw percentage, it's not it's not too bad. I think if you're punting free throw percentage, it's a decent spot. But if you're not, it might be 
it might be, you know, I don't think you're going to get much value at this spot. Let's put it that way. Um, the next guy here, again, my number one bus candidate, uh, Tobias Harris, has gone from 59 to 84. It's better. It's definitely much, much better. It's still too high for me. I think he is someone I'm not targeting until after pick 100, so I still think he's a bus candidate at this point. But again, it's it's less of a bus candidate. At 84, maybe you lose 20 spots of value, but instead of 40 or 50 spots of value, uh, there's, there's obviously less of a hit there. But I still think that Tobias Harris is a bit overrated. Um, but it is obviously an improvement. And um, yeah, hopefully none of you who have listened to my my rantings about Tobias Harris uh, fell into the trap of drafting him at 59. Um, but if you did draft him at 84, it's not as horrible now as well. Christian Wood has been pushed back 26 spots from rank 61 to 87. Interesting that this has obviously happened after we've confirmed that Christian Wood is coming off the bench. I mean, I always assumed that was the case. We heard it from um, the Mavericks in the uh, offseason that that's what was going to happen and McGee was going to be the starter when they made that signing. I think that he's still going to be playing 25 to 28 minutes per night. So I still think that there actually might be a bit of value here. I probably would take Wood ahead of someone like Anurkic, Um you know, he could even beat out a Jonas Valanciunas. I still think that, obviously, you take into account the free throw percentage is going to be poor, so you probably want to be punting that to to take on Christian Wood. But I still think at 87, there might be 10 to 15 spots of value here. Um, so maybe someone that I think they've overcorrected on. 61 was probably too high for me, but 87 is now a bit too low, so he's somewhere in the middle there for me personally. The next guy here, again, another one that was on the bust video and they've made an adjustment. So, so far they've had Valanciunas, Tobias Harris, and now Paolo Bencaro, who was on the bust video. He's gone from rank 77 to 88. He was my 10th ranked bust player, so I didn't think he was a complete disaster. But when he was going in the 70s, I wasn't super comfortable doing that. At the 80s now, I, I feel fine. I know it's not that big of a difference, and he has looked better in the most recent preseason games. I just think that especially when you're looking at a nine-category ranking, he might not be someone who stands out and ranks very well because of the poor percentages. I think there's going to be a decent, decent amount of turnovers. I don't know if there's going to be any steals and blocks to boost that value, but he should score. He should rebound. He should get you decent assists. Um, I just think that he, you, you just have to be aware of those deficiencies in his game when drafting him. So at 88, it's much better. And like I said before, he is now behind uh, Jabari Spith, who was at 73, and Keegan Murray, who was at 85. So that's very, very interesting. Comment down below if you uh, agree with that, if you think that that should be the rankings of the rookies. I would personally flip Keegan Murray and Paolo Boncaro just because I'm more convinced of Paolo's role, and I think that Keegan's window is much, much wider. I think that Keegan maybe has a higher ceiling this season, but maybe has a much lower floor, so... They're closer to me than Jabari is. Jabari, to me, is, is head and shoulders ahead of those guys. But it is interesting that they have put Pilo third in their rookie rankings uh, with this adjustment. The next guy who has seen a uh, drop-off, probably the first guard on this list. Again, I noticed before, obviously, lots of big guys. You have had Tobias Harris and Pilo, who are more forwards or power forwards. But Buddy Heald, the first guard who's dropped from 76 down to 92. Um, 76 was probably about where he was um, when he was on the paces last year. So if he stays on the paces, 76 would have been fine. But there is obviously a concern that he might get traded this season. So I think at 92, it's about where I'd want to draft him. There is obviously um, 
you know, you, you're probably going to get some decent value for, for the start of the season. I do expect him to be traded at some point. Uh, so maybe just be ready to take a little bit of a hit in the, you know, in the fantasy playoffs. But I think at this spot, you've taken enough of a discount to his value to justify that, that selection. So at 92, I think that's about right. The next guy here, Robert Williams, going from pick 78 to rank 99. Um, I remember when I first did these adjustments, I couldn't quite figure out where I wanted to have Robert Williams. I've now moved him about to this spot, very close to Jaron Jackson Jr. I've got Williams a little bit ahead of Jaron Jackson Jr., but again, it is very team-dependent. If you don't need his blocks, you're just not drafting him. So if you're punting that category, you're just not worrying about it. If you're punting points, he's very, very valuable. He's a top-10 guy in that kind of a category. Sorry, in that kind of a build. So... He has a wide range of how your team should be valuing him. So, again, to rank him fairly close to Jaron Jackson Jr., who was 103 on their adjustments, I think is about right. They look like they agree with me and have him slightly above Jaron Jackson Jr. But, again, it's a bit of a coin toss. We don't really know how he's going to look like when he comes back. They, they might limit him, although the Boston Celtics' front court depth is pretty thin. So, I don't even know if they're going to have that luxury, but um, they obviously hopefully have learned their lesson not to rush him into big minutes like they did uh, last year in the playoffs, which caused him to need that second surgery as well. So 101, I think, is fine for... uh, Sorry, 99 is fine for Robert Williams. At uh, the next... Again, another center, Mitchell Robinson, going from 89, dropping 12 spots to 101. I think that... That's about a better spot for Mitchell Robinson. I think maybe I've got him slightly higher than here in the top 100, but again... It's a bit nitpicky. I think that he's just someone who is very, very limited to what he does in terms of field goal percentage, rebounds, and blocks. And that's it. And if you don't need those categories, he's completely worthless to you. So, again, similar. There is a, a risk that um, Hartenstein takes over him, but he has looked good in the preseason. And I don't think that's going to be happening at least anytime soon. Uh, but we will see how it goes when games actually start to matter and how that center rotation will play out. The next guy here, again, another guy. He was on the bust video. Uh, Brandon Clark has gone from rank 79 to 102. I still think it's a bit too high. I'm not really keen on drafting him inside the top 110, 115. I just think that his really only big boost in um, value is the field goal percentage. And most of the time, my field goal percentage, if I'm either, either I'm punting it by, by this point or I'm really strong in it and I'm looking for guys that maybe give me a few more counting stats. So... For the most part, I'm not looking for what Brandon Clark provides me at this point in the draft, but there are some circumstances, especially maybe in a punt points team, that Brandon Clark's field goal percentage and a little bit of steals and blocks might help you. I still think it's maybe a bit too high for him, but he's not necessarily a bust. It's hard to be a bust when you're picking outside the 100 spot, but I don't know if I'm really looking to draft Brandon Clark at this spot still. Uh, so still not someone I think that really reflects his value here. Clint Capella goes from 84 to 104. Um, very interesting because we're going to talk about Anyaka Okongwu later. So they're just down on Atlanta in general, I guess. I think this is a bit too low for Capella. He still is someone that even if he drops his minutes a little bit, he's going to be great in rebounds, excellent in field goal percentage. The blocks will still be there. So he is someone, especially if you're punting points or if you're punting threes or free throw percentage or all three, he could be very significantly value, valuable to that to your team. So there might still be a little bit of value in Clint Capella. I'd be happy to take him sort of top 90 if he fitted what I needed to do. Um, so I think that, yeah, that might have swung a little bit too far the other way. 
Um, D'Anthony Melton, again, we sort of said in this first adjustment that at 92 was much too high. As much as I like the guy, I'm not taking him in the top 100 or top 110. He's moved back down to 120, which, again, is about where I have him. Um, Again, he's someone that he put up top 120 numbers in 21 or 22 minutes a night last season. So I think that this is around his floor. I'm not expecting him to see... A big jump in his minutes if everyone's healthy. But if there's an injury or something happens, he has a lot of upside from this point of view. So I still like him as a top 120 guy. Even if he nothing changes, he can provide this value and just kind of sit there with his three steals and assists. Um, but if there is a change and there's an opportunity that presents itself, there's a lot of upside here. So I, I think he's fine around this spot. Um, and I think that that is okay. Ivisa Zubac, uh, for some reason, falls from 101 to 123. I think that this is... I don't know why this is the case. I think that they had him about right the first time. So at 123, that's good value. Again, another center falling victim to these um, changes in rankings. Uh, Yahoo just seems to not really be in on centers this season, which is strange because um, you're going to have to find your rebounds and blocks and field goal percentage from somewhere. And Zubac is someone that whilst he's not super sexy, he can give you those um, stats. He should have a clear path to an increased minutes load. He's decent from the free throw line, which is hard to find at this point with your big guy. So I think that Zubac, whilst not a super high upside pick, is someone you can pretty confidently take around the, the 100 mark. So I think that 123 might be a bit too low for him. Uh, Onyeka Akongwu, again, we talked about Capella falling 20 spots. Akongwu now falls 21 spots from 115 to 136. I think there's good value there. Anytime you're picking Akongwu as part of your bench, I think I love it. Again, you you will have to be patient. He's going to come off the bench to start the season. I do believe at some point Akongwu will take over Capella in the starting lineup, but it may take a while. It may not actually ever happen. This is like a prediction where I'm like, 55, 60% sure will happen. So by no means am I certain that that will be the case. To me, he's a better player. He's a more versatile player, but um, Clint Capella still has that seniority. Uh, he might gel better with DeJounte Murray. We don't really know. Okongwu could, again, similar to someone like a uh, Isaiah Jackson or a Hartenstein can provide this level of value in a backup role. And similar to like we spoke about with Melton, if anything changes, you've got a lot of upside to to get some some good value. So I think at this spot, absolutely fine to take him and uh, very happy with this one. This next one here is probably the strangest one out of all of them to me personally. Nicholas Claxton has gone from 126, who was on the Sleepers video. He was on the Sleepers podcast at 126, and they've pushed him back 16 further rankings to 142. Um, so he is now my number one sleeper for fantasy drafts. Again, I won't make a whole video on it because a lot of people have already drafted, but if I had to redo that video today, Nicholas Claxton would be my number one sleeper at 142. I think he is comfortably a top 100 player. I know that there is deficiencies in his games, and by no means is he a like all-star center or anything like that, but he's going to put up good rebounds, good blocks. The field goal percentage will be nice. The points will be decent as well. He can probably get close to a steal. His free throw percentage is not the best, but he's not going to be getting to the line a whole bunch, and I'm not worried about him playing alongside Ben Simmons. He only needs 25, 26 minutes a night to get to that top 100 level. So at 142, that's an absolute bargain. I would easily take him over Okongwu, 
over Brandon Clark, over someone like Mitchell Robinson even. I would take him over Zubach. All of these guys that they have ranked ahead of him, I would 100% be more keen to take on Claxton ahead of those guys. So for me now, he is the number one sleeper in Yahoo Fantasy Drafts. A um, few more to go here, guys. Jared Vanderbilt has gone from 104 to 143. Again, another one that I don't know why they've done this. Nothing's changed. He's still the starter. So again, he is now a really good value player, a good sleeper, that if you are able to get him outside the top 120, I think that's really, really good stuff. Great steals, great rebounds, great field goal percentage. He's not going to score, so he's suited to those punt points team or punt threes team but he's still someone who's going to get decent enough minutes that he should easily beat this ranking um, with scope to improve even further. Isaiah Stewart, again, another weird one, going from 110 to 146. He is now the starter. Um, He's starting at center, which I think is better for him. The threes have actually been going in. They look somewhat legit. I don't know if, you know, they're going to, provide a, a strong boost to his value by any stretch, but I still think you, you take the punt on him around that 120 mark. I don't really think he's got the highest upside, but at 146, you're not going to get many starting centers in the NBA. So I think that there's really good value for Isaiah Stewart at that point. Don't know why they've dropped him that far on their rankings. Markel Fultz, this one makes sense from 129 to 158. He is injured. I don't think he's going to miss that much time, because uh, he is training now without the boot on his foot, the broken toe, I don't think will bring him out of the, the lineup for very long. So I'm definitely taking him ahead of his teammate Suggs. So I still think there's a little bit of value here if you don't have too many injured guys already on your team. So faults to me, um, I'd be happy to take maybe a couple of rounds before this. I drafted him in the uh, 20 deep uh, uh, pro league and as my sort of second to last spot, I think it was around 128 or where he was previously ranked. So I think that they've, um, whilst it makes sense, I don't necessarily agree with the changes that they've made. And then this last one, again, I don't really know why they've done it. Maybe they're scared off by Benedict Matherin and what he's done. But Chris Duarte has gone from 149 to 170. So we're not drafting him in 12-team leagues, apparently, uh, which doesn't make any sense to me. I think at 149, there was even maybe a little bit of scope to draft him earlier than this before. um, And now they've dropped him another 21 spots uh, back to 170. So again, Duarte, be aware that he is outside the top 150. You're going to have to scroll down to find him, but I still think there's some good value there. So those last five guys... Uh, or six or seven guys, I think there is really good value in a lot of them. So whilst it might be a bit of doom and gloom with some of the, the sleepers that we previously had rising, we've got some new opportunity now, guys, with these um, players that they've dropped down where I think there is still value. So let me know what you think down in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Who are you targeting? Have you had your draft? Are any of these players on the waiver wire? You can go and check them out and I think there might still be some good value for you to pick up and make the change. Head over to ballboysnba.com. Even if you have your have had your draft, you can still find some really good sleepers that might be on your waiver wire that help you win your league. Make sure you are subscribed, thumb the video up, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.